1: U.S. Senate candidate Jessica Taylor announces this week that she is withdrawing from the race and endorsing another candidate. Taylor is endorsing Mike Durant. She says he's a war hero who has given much to the country. Taylor made it clear she's not in favor of Katie Boyd-Britt getting the seat, calling her Common Core Katie. Taylor also chose Durant over Mo Brooks, saying Brooks is a professional politician. Taylor made her announcement at the Huntsville Republican Party meeting that was held on Tuesday. Qualifying to become a candidate for the Alabama Republican Party is now open for those who want to run for an elected office this year. The party's qualifying opened on Tuesday. The Alabama Democrat Party opened up their qualifying date earlier than usual, doing so this past December. Positions that are going to be voted on in November include the governor, lieutenant governor, attorney general, secretary of state, commissioner of agriculture and industry, State Treasurer, State Auditor, and all seven House seats. Of course, there's also the U.S. Senate seat that will be vacated by retiring Richard Shelby. There are multiple judicial seats to be filled for the Circuit Court and District Court, as well as two seats to be voted on regarding the Alabama Supreme Court, the Public Service Commission, and four seats on the State Board of Education. Qualifying for the Republican primary will close on January 28th. Toyota is leading the auto industry here in the U.S. when it comes to sales. The Japanese-based company is ranked number one for auto sales for the year 2021. Toyota sold 2.3 million cars, with GM coming in at 2.2. Reuters is saying that this is the first time since 1931 that General Motors was not on the top of the list. Alabama has a part in Toyota's production here in the U.S., with the twin-turbo V6 engine being built At the new Mazda-Toyota manufacturing plant in Huntsville, throughout the U.S., Toyota has five different manufacturing plants that produce 70% of all the cars and trucks that are sold here in the U.S. An employee at Hobby Lobby in Decatur is facing charges for sexual assault. The victim in this case is another Hobby Lobby employee who says that the attack occurred on Christmas Eve. 37-year-old Adam Stanley is charged with sexually assaulting the 17-year-old in the store's stockroom. The victim says she got away and immediately informed the store manager. Stanley was booked and released on bond. The coroner for Lauderdale County is about to face a trial for neglecting his duties. Several families within that county have filed complaints against George Tucker for failure to take blood samples, send blood samples to the state forensics department, or delaying the issuing of death certificates. The Lauderdale County District Attorney looked into the complaints and eventually formed a grand jury, which then recommended an impeachment trial for Tucker. That trial is set to begin this Thursday at 9 a.m. An impeachment case will take precedent over all other activities that are scheduled within the county courthouse. For more in-depth stories affecting the state of Alabama, go to 1819news.com. In national news. Hopes are being dashed for Democrats in Congress when it comes to one senator possibly rethinking his stance on the Build Back Better legislation. West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin confirmed on Tuesday with reporters that he is still a no vote on that bill.
0: I'm really not going to talk about Build Back Better anymore because I think I've been very clear on that. There is no negotiations going on at this time.
1: Manchin was back in Washington, D.C. after a Christmas and New Year's break. Just before the break, Manchin derailed the Liberal Democrats' spending bill by announcing his no vote. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis just cannot stop taking on the Biden administration for their handling of the COVID-19 virus situation. DeSantis held a press conference on Monday about the Department of Health and Human Services finally resuming shipment of monoclonal antibodies. And then on Tuesday, the governor had another press conference in Jacksonville, in which the whole issue came up again.
2: For a state with 22.5 million, we probably have 25 million people at this time of year, if you look at the snowbirds and the tourists, all that stuff, to do 12,000 doses, that is totally, totally inadequate, and it's 30,000 less uh, than what we need, and it's actually 2,000 doses less than what we got in last week's allocation. So they've actually cut it, you know, as you've seen more Omicron, Um, and it's also about half as much as was sent to the state of new york and new york has millions fewer people than the state of florida so that is wrong Uh, bogarting these treatments like that and not putting them out is wrong i know they don't really believe in it that has not been their philosophy Uh, but their approach has not worked and we just have to be honest with that Uh, president biden as a candidate ran on saying He was demagoguing Trump, blaming Trump for COVID, saying every COVID infection was Trump's fault, saying that uh, COVID deaths were all Trump's fault. He said he would shut down the virus. He had a plan on day one to shut down the virus. Well, now we are here uh, almost a year in, and clearly uh, they have not been able to, quote, shut down the virus. And so that was demagoguery. It was wrong. To deny treatment to folks uh, is just fundamentally wrong. And to pick and choose states based on your political preference is just fundamentally wrong. Uh, but sending 12,000 doses for a state that has you know, over 20 million people in it, that is not cutting it. And we're not going to accept that.
1: Facebook says it is reversing a decision that was made earlier this week when it comes to a children's book publisher. On Monday, media outlets were reporting that Facebook had banned advertisements coming from Heroes of Liberty. That's a company that publishes children's books about historical people who make positive changes in the U.S., by promoting freedom, faith, and family values. Outcry came from the media and people on Facebook and caused Facebook to change their decision and reinstate the ads for Heroes of Liberty. The editor and board member for the book company, Bethany Mandel, recently went on Fox News. She says the ban on the ads came just before Christmas. She also said the company is only finding out about this decision through the media. She says they were never contacted by Facebook firsthand.
3: So uh, when they initially disabled us two days after two days before Christmas, when we were sort of doing our big push to sell our books, they never told us anything. We asked them in a a message on their on their platform, what did we do? And they said, here's our here's our all of our Um, guidelines and you've been in error and we're cutting off your account sorry goodbye and this is our final decision and so we were kind of left hanging not knowing what to do and not knowing who to contact and so we sort of went to Fox Business with the story and Fox Business ran it the story blew up we were contacted by multiple members of Congress, and we were also contacted by The Daily Wire and National Review and all of these different outlets. And then, fast forward to late last night, they're telling Britt Hume on Twitter and Mary Catherine Hamm on Twitter that we were reinstated, and they told multiple members of Congress that we were reinstated, but they've never actually contacted us directly. So we see our ad account is back-enabled, but we have have no idea if we're on probation or if if it was, in fact, an error. this is the story for a lot of people who are conservative on the on the platform that they're shut down and and it's probably because the users are triggered by seeing conservative content float up on their ads and so they report it and and there are uh there are woke people behind the screen at facebook and they get these complaints and they see oh it's it's books about ronald reagan and thomas Sowell and amy coney barrett let's let's turn that off because that's offensive
1: Carjackings in Chicago are increasing in number and now involving high-profile targets. A Chicago judge and her three-year-old son were the latest victims. Judge Anna Loftus says two men approached her as she was pulling up to her home in her car. The robbers put a gun to her head, took her purse, phone, and ordered her out of the car. The judge was able to remove her son from the back seat. When she got out of the car, just one night prior, a carjacking happened to a valet attendant at a restaurant where two Chicago Blackhawk players had their luxury SUV stolen by the carjackers. In December of 2021, there have been reports of 152 carjackings in Chicago. Just two years prior to that, that number came in at 47. Trust and respect for the FBI has plummeted under the Biden administration's leadership. A recent Rasmussen survey says that more people now view the FBI as a punishing political arm for the president than an institution full of patriotic agents seeking to break up organized crime and cartels. The poll by Rasmussen surveyed likely voters and found that 64 percent of Republicans view the FBI as politicized thugs who act as Biden's personal Gestapo. 30% of Democrats agreed with that assessment. Trust in the independence of FBI Director Christopher Wray dropped to 50%, which is down from 53% from another survey done by Rasmussen in 2017. You're listening to The Daily Detail from 1819 News. You won't want to miss out on Phil Williams and Right Side Radio as he gives us a primer on primaries.
0: Because I've done a couple of primaries. And, and I think I've told you on the show before, as a former state senator, uh, I had four counties in my district when I first uh, got elected. We had to redraw the lines. I had three when we were done. Uh, but um, nonetheless, a multi-county race, all right? I ran against a longtime incumbent when I first ran, and I had nothing to work with. I, I had some, but it was a scratch uh, campaign, all right? And we wore him out on the grassroots, my opponent came back in 20—that uh, would be 2014—for my run. I was the incumbent at that point, but he had the teachers union backing him like crazy. They put a half million dollars into his race. Me personally, in my second race, my uh, my, my, my run for reelection, uh, I literally, literally had somewhere in the neighborhood of seven hundred and seventy thousand dollars that I ran, I raised uh, to be able to run uh, that um, that race. Uh, so that's that's 1 point two million dollars or more in a four county, then three county actually race. That's significant. Now, how do you do that? How do you raise that money? Well, you know, like I said, I didn't have much of anything when I first started. It was me and Charlene and a group of people who believed in us and uh, and I didn't have the ability to pay staff and and we just did all we could. We bought signs and we knocked on doors and we made phone calls and we by golly got out there and worked like dogs. And I mean, we just did it. Let me tell you something. When I ran the second time, same thing, worked like dogs and was everywhere. If there was an event going on in our district, we went there. If there were people whose hands like a shake, I went there. If there was somebody, somebody who would listen, I went there. And that's the thing. Do not think for a second that people know you assume they don't.
1: You can find more of Phil Williams at Ridesideradio.org. If you're enjoying The Daily Detail, remember you can get those reports directly to your phone by subscribing on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. I'm Andrea Tice. I'll be back again tomorrow, and I look forward to updating you then.
0: Alabama.
1: Alabama. Our
0: great state. Alabama. Of Alabama. This has been The Daily Detail. For more up-to-date news, go to 1819news.com, where you'll find honest news and Alabama values.